Welcome to PackSafe's Legal Department of the Future podcast. I'm PackSafe founder and CEO, Brian Powers. As an attorney who's ventured into the tech world, I'm always looking for ways to fuse the legal and tech spaces together. In this podcast, I sat down with Vasile Tiple, General Counsel of UiPath. Tune in as Vasile tells the fascinating story of not only building a legal team from 1 to 30 as UiPath grew from 30 to over 3,000 global employees, but how his team was able to leverage UiPath's own process automation software to build robots to automate all sorts of legal workflows. So Vasile, thanks for joining us today. Let's get started just by talking a little bit about your background and you know what makes you passionate about what you do. Thanks, thanks Brian for uh, having me here. Some good questions. I was born in Ukraine, lived there for like my first 17 years there. Then I moved to Bucharest, Romania for studies. You know, initially I was very passionate about history and I thought that's okay. That's, that's the school I was doing, you know, history. Yeah, and I'm still passionate about history, but something happened <laughs> when, uh, you know, I was studying for, uh, for my exams and uh, somehow I shifted to, to law and I actually applied for the law school. And, uh, you know, here we are. It was actually great to do law school. It's, it, uh, you know, as you know, it's a great mix of, uh, essentially of history, of, of, uh, legal theory and principles and, uh, you know, bunch of other, uh, cool, uh, cool stuff. And, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, finished law school in 2007. And then I continued uh, with a master's degree at the same uh, at the same uh, law school in in Bucharest. And then, as this wasn't enough, I also uh, did my PhD at the same school. So you could say I'm a proud uh, child educated of the University of Bucharest Law School. And I finished my PhD in 2013. If I'm not mistaken, and it was on um, on international law, which is you know it, it was really interesting and uh, moving from a more academic uh, side of of, uh, of my life to, to a more practical one. I was very fortunate to to actually start um, uh, in my my first you know legal focused job at a non-governmental organization. It's a global one, Transparency International, you know, whose mission is to fight against corruption. I think they have a, a legal presence in more than 100 countries all over the world. So it's a, it's a pretty impressive uh, organization. I was uh, for like two years there, but uh, really packed two years, meaning that you know, I had the chance to work on various international projects, you know, on, on various subjects like antitrust, corruption, rule of law, did a lot of research, publications. I would definitely say that, uh, that, that role was really important for me, you know, in, in shaping, you know, the way I am today, like the, the way, the, the things that I wanted to do. And, and once my, uh, NGO chapter ended. Uh, I, I had the chance to, you know, to, to get hired at uh, Adobe, which is, you know, as you know, a, a great company with a great culture, great product, um, and um, that that was a totally different experience. It was actually my first interaction with uh, a more 
commercial side of, uh, let's say, international law. So uh, I basically move from the more public side of international law, more uh, government-focused, to a more uh, commercial one. And, um, you know, as, uh, as, you, as, uh, as you can suspect, the first couple of months were, uh, were a shock, pretty interesting, but, uh, you know, I managed to become part of a, of a great company there. And I, I say that though before a little more than, than four years. And was that, uh, were you, were you in the U.S. for that? Uh, it involved a lot of traveling to, to San Francisco and San Jose. The, the main uh, office building, but they they have a pretty good uh, a presence in Romania also. I think a little over 600 people uh, in Bucharest. So I was based here, but it involved a lot of travel over the world. So and then somehow I actually had the chance to meet Daniel, a UFS CEO, and you know they say the rest is history. <laughs> sure, and so that's what brought you to UiPath. Yes. Yes. One meeting. I never, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, scheduled to leave Adobe or, or something like that. But, you know, I, I, I met Daniel. We, we just talked a little bit about his vision, about uh, uh, UiPath product. And, you know, it, it was just amazing. So, you know, here we are. I was the, actually the first legal guy in, in the company. Oh, okay. That's that's exciting. So, about how big was UiPath when you joined? Uh, employee wise, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think I was uh, employee thirty three or thirty four, something like that. Mostly okay, developers. Wow. And now, how many employees are there? Because I think it's a, quite a bit more, right? Well, uh, the global uh, globally, I think we are uh, over three thousand. Wow! And you were number thirty three, so I'm sure you've seen quite. They had quite the adventures and quite the growth story happen there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, you, you, yeah, yeah. I can, you know, I can think that it's only it has been little close to four years, but it seems like at least ten years. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I feel old, Brian. I feel old. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not, but I, I, I can understand <laughs> feeling old going from number thirty-three to three thousand plus. So, so tell me about lots of how, pressure, yeah. On, yeah, I bet. Yeah. Well, so you're the first lawyer there, number thirty three overall employee. Um, tell me about how the legal department there. You know what? How did it start out, and you know how has it grown since then? I think it's uh, no one expected this. Uh, you know this type of growth. Uh, me especially. I, I I was thinking that you know I was started at a startup. It was essentially a startup. I was uh, the the initial idea was never being charged. You know, with the negotiation with customers for some for the contract, uh, a pretty you know straightforward uh, job description. But <laughs> in I think little more than three months after I started, uh, the 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 work just you know doubled, quadrupled, whatever you want to say. It. So I I. Actually, after three months, I, I already started to to hire uh, additional uh, additional help, and uh, you know, of course, as uh, with any startup, any company, the, the the main focus was initially on uh, on the sales side, including also from a legal point of view. You know, so as a first uh, order of business was to you know actually create the right template to make sure that you, we have 
very simple uh, template structure and we can uh, very digestible legal uh, uh, legal documents so that we can move fast with the customers without you know unneeded uh, uh, hurdles or for whatever uh, stuff. So that that was our philosophy to be very fair, transparent, and straightforward from the beginning. And uh, I think our template when I joined the the company used something like the template of like a little over 30 pages, uh, mostly also on customer paper, which as you can imagine, even with the big corporations, those are typically uh, contracts ranging from uh, 20 to 50 pages, 60. Uh, I actually saw even 100 pages contract. So <laughs> yeah, can wow. imagine the time, uh, the time needed to, you know, to actually review one of those contracts and negotiated it. So, uh, the main, I think the main, uh, point once I, I started to, to get to, to, to know the, the customers and, and the, the business side was to actually create a very simple template. It, it had five pages, uh, NDA one pager. Actually, the team is still, uh, less even today that, you know, our approach is a one pager, uh, for, a for pretty much whatever we can uh, do on one page, we should have one page. So that, that's the approach here. So we, we still try to keep this very simple uh, format and, you know, go straight to the chase when we start uh, a negotiation. And then that, that was the, the sales side uh, to fix and to ensure that the sales side is as smooth as possible. And uh, we help uh, the sales guys to, to, uh, to do their uh, their job, and of course, while doing this, you you also included a lot of commitments to to your customers, which is normal. This is how the the I would say the job description, my job description specifically, evolved from um, a very clear, you know, on on uh, driving uh, sales through through the right legal support uh, to actually look at, let's say, internal kitchen, you know, to look at. Okay, we need to uh, put in place certain processes. We are starting to become a global company. We are subject to various laws and regulations. We need to make sure that, you know, whatever commitment we, we have in, in a contract with the, with one of our customers that we actually, you know, we comply with it. We, we have the right uh, tools in place. And, uh, you know, that, that was basically the, the growth that the legal team uh, had in, in this very short, you know, three years, actually. So from one to 40 uh, globally, from, you know, Romania to France, to Netherlands, to US, to India and Japan. You know, it, it's a pretty, it's an amazing team. You know, everything happened organically, but really fast, really, really, really fast. And as the company grew, we needed to scale also our own uh, operations in legal and um, having the right uh, subject matter experts, having the right approach to support your internal stakeholders. That was, uh, it still is, uh, it, it, you know, it's essential for a successful company. We are always looking at how we are supporting our, uh, our stakeholders. We actually, we even have a program it's called Legal Attaché, meaning that uh, we assigned a legal person for um, to you know to to business teams like to a specific business team so that uh, each team has uh, a face of a legal person you know has a legal person assigned to to them 
so that we are always we are proactive, you know, in in uh, identifying potential legal issues and solving them at that moment rather than you know being reactive or waiting uh, to be triggered by uh, uh, by a legal issue or by uh, by someone in the team. So yeah, I think that's uh, we we. We tried to, we're trying to, to be there for, for the team, uh, even our own processes, you know, for, uh, for support. We attached ourselves and our way of work to, uh, to the team, uh, that we are supporting, you know. So we, we, for example, we didn't create, I don't know, a special uh, legal tool to, uh, to contact legal, for example. Does, does this make sense? So we just, uh, no, no, this is this is great. I mean, it's uh, what's really interesting is, you know, it, it it sounds like the the scale of the business just happens and accelerated so so fast that you were immediately trying to figure out how to start from a place of efficiency. Which you know, okay, well, first let's make these contracts as simple and straightforward and transparent mm-hmm. as possible. Five pages. Right. I mean, that's, that's a, it's, and then now, you know, it's, um, as you've scaled the legal team, you figured out how to scale it efficiently, both by attaching people to specific business units and actually building your own tech internally, right. Uh, to help scale operationally a 40 person legal team that really what three years mm-hmm. ago was one. This is really interesting. We talked a little bit before about um, how your legal team is using your own technology, you know, as a tool to to help increase efficiencies operationally for the the legal team and how you interact with the business. Can you expand a little bit about on that? Just describe kind of what that is. That's uh, that's a great question. I think we we somehow you know inadvertently. By uh, trying to to be there for the company at a global level in, in various teams and uh, as efficient as possible, we uh, by by attaching our own operations to to each team which which we supported it to their own tools, we actually created the right premises for us to to automate uh, our work to better understand what we are doing for those teams. And to automate it, and um, I will give you an example. So, let's say the sales team, you know, is using uh, a tool for, uh, you know, for uh, processing uh, the sales request, offers, quotes, all that stuff. What we did, we actually created uh, a very simple workflow, whereas they would be able to generate our uh, contract, our template directly into that, uh, into their tool. Uh, and uh, send it over to to customer. Just you know, review and sign it, and that's it. Unless they have comments and they want to to negotiate. But in the, even if they want to negotiate, the redlined uh, document will still go into that system so that we can track it. You know, and we have everything in 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 one place. Let's say on the sales side, we observed in practice that you know there are a lot of recurring issues. Some of them, which were uh, not necessarily uh, high risk from a legal point of view, I'll give you one example: uh, NDA. So, as I said, you know, we have a one-page NDA. We noticed that typically 
customers, you know, or, or trying to negotiate governing law or let's say confidentiality part, the, the term, you know, how, how, uh, how long would, will the NDA be valid? And um, based on that, we prepare the fallback document, meaning what are the fallbacks that we will use whenever a comment will be on one of those two sections. That, that would be, let's say, 90% of uh, all the red lines. And uh, we actually implemented a robot, meaning that once the document left to, to the customer and it came back from the customer with, uh, with red lines, the sales guy will put it in the, in the system. And at that point, the robot will, uh, will start it, its work. Uh, previously done by uh, by a lawyer, meaning it will open the the document. It will co- it will compare it against our standards. It will identify the changes, uh, the two t- changes. It will go to the fallback document, take the first option, replace uh, the red line with our uh, next best offer, and send it back to to the customer. And uh, you know that's pretty much the first line of of review. For a very simple document, eliminated from uh, from lawyers, and as you can see, that's not a lot of added value there, you know, for a person to to do this all the time. So that that's something that we tasked our contract robot to do. But the plans are, uh, of course, to to make it better, to actually uh, expand it, and we are in the process of doing that to to all our contracts to to compare them and to highlight to the lawyers only uh, a change to which the robot doesn't have a fallback or, you know, it has never seen that change. Does this make sense? Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, fa- it's, it's, inc- it's actually fascinating. Um, and this is something just to, just so everybody knows, this is something that you built internally with your own um, internal products, correct? Exactly. Yes. It, it's uh, one of our first robots actually. Uh, if I can add that the, the first robot was uh, was triggered by even by a more pressing need, and that was on the compliance side. You know, we as any U.S. company needed to check, you know, all the, all uh, our potential customers. You know, to to to, to know your customer basically. And uh, the way you can do that, you know, you have of course uh, an export control policy in place. You have uh, a mechanism to to verify potential customers. But and there are various uh, ways to do it. You can do it manually. You can have a vendor to do it for you. But these are, in the second scenario, pretty costly, as we found out once we asked for a quote from a specialized vendors. And in the first scenario, doing it manually, you need a lot of people. It's not cost efficient. It's, uh, I would say, that, that there is no value added there. So we actually mapped our needs we mapped the entire process and you know we looking at the process in detail okay what does this mean and we found out you know this is pretty simple essentially all uh the the u.s government and uh all relevant agencies they publish the list with the sanctioned persons and companies you know and those lists are public so what we did is that whenever a potential commercial relation can develop the name of uh, of that potential customer is uh, introduced in the system and in the back end the robot will go and it will check against all those uh, uh, databases 
the name of that potential customer. If it's uh, if it doesn't find that uh, that entity on any list, it will come back as a clean. If it's uh, if something there, it will come as a suspect, and then you go and research a little bit what's happening there. But if it will give you a result as a suspect of, of an entity like this, it will it will give you a clean report uh, with all the information the. The, the legal document where that entity is mentioned as being uh, restricted. So, as you can see, it's, uh, there is a lot, a lot of potential for disruption, not only in the, let's say, pure legal industries, but even in, in compliance, you know, and, and the regulatory. Yeah, no, it sounds like it. So, when you, when you decide to build one of these bots, what does that process look like? Do you have a technical team that you can access that's dedicated to you guys, or is this just um, something that there's internal teams that help build this stuff for you and other departments or can, how, how does that work? Because most legal teams that I talk to and that we deal with at PackSafe don't have access to something like this internally. So it's really <laughs> interesting. Yeah. And I think the, 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 the reason is that, you know, and th- th- this is a challenge that we also face is that people don't necessarily think that, uh, of legal as a as a function that can be automated, you know, and uh, and legal can be automated like any other uh, other function, you know. It, it's essentially, you know, the entire work is split in let's say two parts. I would say like the content side and and the the, the operational side, the form, you know, and the operational side can be automated in any in any field, and even at the content level, as I just indicated the example with the contract robot. The way we, we developed is, is that our philosophy is, you know, we want to democratize RPA. And that's why we were the first ones to, to actually provide our uh, platform for free for small and medium uh, businesses. Even with our customers, our goal is to create in their own organizations a center of excellence, meaning that we help them uh, to get up to speed on how to use the product and we essentially want, and we offer support only for whatever uh, is related to the to the actual platform, to let's say really technical issues. But for creating the robot, for having all that support, we train our customers so that they are self-sufficient. And the same way we have internally our own, uh, let's say, center of excellence, where we are uh, trying with our own uh, contacting our own team. And just, uh, you know, we tell them, guys, we have a process. We mapped it. It has very simple A, B, C, you know, uh, steps, which a robot can do. As long as you can map the process very uh, clearly, the robot can uh, be created and it can execute uh, that workflow with uh, with maximum accuracy and uh, and speed. And, you know, I'm sure legal guys will like this. All robots have an audit uh, uh, file embedded, so you can always check all the actions a robot uh, executed. So it will never do something that it was not uh, designed to do. And if, for example, your process is not fully online, you can always have a step where the robot will uh, go and will... uh, Ask an approval from uh, from a human user. Sure. But to answer to, to to your questions, you know, summarizing, you really need 
to to look at legal and and even at the legal professional a bit essentially uh, the legal folks are very creative that that's my personal opinion you know they're very creative and you we we have the chance now to actually create our own uh, robot you you know the the company and and the way the product works essentially it was very uh, focused to the finance industry where we have a lot of repetitive actions and that was pretty simple for for the robots to to do but as our product evolved and as we can also better identify our need we now have more complex robots executing more complex workflows like these in legal and uh, and compliance and you just need a legal person that is you know intimately familiar with the process with the specific process and that it can map it you know it, it maps the process and then you have a uh, someone to to help you. Of course, you can also do our free uh, courses online, academy courses, and you can you can uh, train yourself and actually do your own robot. Sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is not that thing, difficult. <laughs> right. But it's still it's 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 especially in the legal world. This is this is very novel and unique. So it's it's this has been really, really interesting. I just want to add that uh, I think this is actually the goal of, of uh, the, the legal automation program that we internally developed in legal, meaning that, you know, we understand the challenges of ha- of implementing something like this, you know, and, and our goal here was like to share our own uh, experience and how we did it. You know, it's not something difficult to do. It, it's actually very easy. You just need to look at the right uh, processes. And actually, you know, we want to give examples. And, you know, we already started to, we have a great partnership with uh, with Deloitte, for example, uh, Deloitte Legal, and you know we can uh, automate and create legal robot based on on our own uh, operations and needs. But essentially, the customer knows best his own needs. So I, I believe that by showing you know examples of what we were able to do, everyone will you know will will say okay, yeah, we can also we, they will identify the processes that are are. Uh, Best for them to automate. Sure. No, I I, I agree hundred percent. So, would you say this has been um, rolling out the different robots that you that your department uses uh, been received? I assume well by by the business side. Yeah, definitely. The well, our sales team is still uh, very surprised, uh, seeing that uh, we are uh, one of the let's say power user of our own uh, product. Uh, and that we already, you know, managed to to establish uh, uh, partnerships uh, externally. With Deloitte, for example, we created a, a search robot that can be very, very useful for law firms, for example. It can go and check uh, various public records, uh, and it could be really, really useful in due diligence processes. Or another robot uh, on which we are working is to, you know, that will that would be able to compare a lot, a lot of uh, documents or identify different uh, provisions and and uh, help you in a in a very complex due diligence process where typically the work is uh, very repetitive. You need to verify, you know, tons of documents and stuff like that. Yeah. Another point to just remember is, uh, you know, one of the other things uh, 
that we managed to, to automate is the, the term everyone knows, the GDPR term, <laughs> meaning that we actually have a GDPR robot that is uh, whenever we have, for example, a, a request from a user on you know what type of data we're talking about that user or a similar request, the person will complete a form on our website and in the back end, the robot will gather the information and it will prepare a report and it will send it to that user with the, with the type of info that we process about that person. Well, that's another, I would say, side, another successful story of, of, you know, of how you can um, transform a challenging uh, regulation into an opportunity. This whole story is, is just is fascinating. I think people are really going to like it. The, um, I think uh, everybody's going to wish that they worked for a company that uh, had process automation robots at their disposal. <laughs> you're, 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 and like your sales team has recognized, it's very impressive that you guys have become such power users of your own product. And I think it's probably more innovative um, than you're giving yourself credit for because it is pretty unique. So. Yeah, thank you. And and you know, we we definitely uh, want to to promote this idea. And again, we we do have the free version, so I think everyone can actually just go and and download the the software and and play with it, you know, and and do the courses and uh, design its own uh, robot. And one of our main uh, quotes here is, you know, a, a robot for every person. So <laughs> I think it's uh, you know, this is something that everyone can do and. Uh, uh we will continue to you know to offer examples of how this can be done and uh and help uh I, again the, the legal industry is is so huge and and it has a lot a lot of potential for uh for automation so you know that we we actually have the the legal folks and the lawyers to think about what matters you know and not spend time essentially with something that a robot can do yeah of course no, I mean, I think that's a that's a great perspective, and I think you've had the luxury of starting out and really building a legal department with that perspective from day one. It has really and clearly helped you here. Um, just to wrap things up, what do you like? What sort of advice would you give to other in-house counsel, other people in the legal ops world, to be able to drive uh, and adopt the kind of innovation that? that you've been able to foster at UiPath? The potential users, you know, they just need to be open-minded about this and that they need to, to take advantage of, uh, of these new technologies and, you know, automation in, in, included. It's like, pretty much like, I'm, I'm using this example often, it's like using uh, regular uh, mail versus email. That, that's how I see adopting uh, automation in your day-to-day work, irrespective of the size of your company or the type, you know, law firm, tech company, or, or whatever. The possibilities are just uh, are huge. And, you know, as soon as you start uh, doing this, uh, you will open new horizons for, uh, for improving your, uh, your own work, essentially. This has been really, really good. Um, I just wanted to add, Brian... That you know, essentially, even from my point of view, I'm agnostic of the technology. I would recommend as part of the digital transformation, automation, e-signature, uh, and whatever you can do to uh, to make things uh, easier and more efficient for uh, for yourself. And and uh, you know, there are num- numerous opportunities. There. Of course, it's just it's it's the mindset you started with plus 
um, obviously having access to the technology that you do and being so close to it has, has just created something really, really interesting there. Thanks for having me, Brian. It, it was great being here. Yeah, Vasily, thanks for joining us. This has been going to be a great one. Uh, I think people are really going to be interested in hearing uh, your story and what the uh, the amazing t- legal team there at UiPath has accomplished. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you.